Reintroducing the Iced Apple Crisp Oat Milk Macchiato from Starbucks. Now with Starbucks Blonde Espresso and Oat Milk, layered with flavors of apple, cinnamon, and brown sugar, and topped with a spiced apple drizzle. Welcome back, fall. Order today with the Starbucks app. When it's time for an adventure on the open highway, one quick call to American Family Insurance gets you headed in the right direction. Our travel peace of mind package is there if you encounter a bump in the road. From roadside assistance to rental car coverage, we have you covered. Find a local agent or get a quote at amfam.com. American Family Insurance. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, SI and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Ready for the interview, and if you get a cue live on a laptop, watch what I'm gonna do. Welcome to the show, let them know we got a point of view. Hey, yo, let's have a combo. Say what you feel, be real, that's the motto. Real talk, pronto, doctor, D, PhD, hit the intro. Hold up, wait, gotta be social, network, global, a home for the local. Gotta be social, network, global, a home for the local. Um, and, and people ask me this question usually. They say, uh, what does it feel like to have a stroke? You know? They're like, did you taste shapes? Huh. <laughs> <laughs> or hear colors? <laughs> like, no. I feel like a headache. <laughs> You're probably having one right now. <laughs> Not just scary. Sir, how many fingers am I holding? You don't pull fingers. Somebody call 911 and smell um, no, I did end up in the ER um, a few weeks later with my mom, and the nurse came into the room after I got out of the MRI and looked at my mom and said, we found something. Your daughter's head's bleeding. I gotta go. And then she left the room. Yeah. Where's Hodo when you need him, you know? Uh, but it's like she was on a bad date, you know? He was like, hey, my house is under fire, under fire, underwater, one of those two. I got it, I got the check. Okay, bye. <laughs> and I had a panic attack. You know, and my mom started putting blankets on top of me one after another, just like a magician with those never ending blankets. You know? And I'm like, oh my god, am I gonna die in five days? Or five minutes? I did not clear my browser history. Oh my god. <laughs> And right as I'm having all these lifey thoughts, my phone buzzes. It's Todd. <laughs> or Tyler, I can't remember the name I gave my beginning of joke. It must be all the dickmesia I have. Um, he's like, hey, you up. GTF. And I said, yes. Gotta keep my arms open, don't know what's gonna happen. Uh, yes, I am DTF. I am down to find a neurosurgeon with a drill hole in the back of my head to delete your brain file, uh, Tyler Jacob Jingle Hammer Smith. Um, and he said, hey, did you, did you also uh, get my Venmo request for those cheese crumbs? You kind of ate the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, sure did. Uh, can't request me money if I don't know what money is because I'm dead, so um, there's that. I'm uh, still single. Shocking, I know. Uh, I have PTSD, post taunt stress disorder. I'm working through it. Yeah? Um, 
But, uh, you know, when, when a guy asks me on a date now, and I go on a date, um, I just tell him, you know, just tell him the truth. You ordered me a salad, sir. <laughs> My brain will explode all over the appetizers. <laughs> it's going pretty well. I'm expecting a proposal any day now. Uh, thanks so much. I'm Amy Gates. Back in the network this time with Mimi Hayes. Mimi, you're on. How are you? Hey, I'm doing really well this morning. I am. Yeah, how about you? I'm good. It's a nice day. It's Friday. Very nice day for me. It is Friday. I totally forgot about that. <laughs> Mimi, it's definitely Friday, okay? <laughs> Let's get it together. This is not a great song. <laughs> how could you forget? <laughs> how could you forget? Yeah, right? Well, obviously, I think the audience is going to really enjoy this. Uh, you have a very interesting story, but um, I watched some of your comedy clips, your stand-up comedy. Thank really you. like it. Um, but you have this very deep story that encompasses more than comedy. So let's let's hit the backwards machine, and Ooh. we're going to go back to a faraway time. <laughs> <laughs> What's the beginning of Mimi Hayes look like? Oh, wow. That is such a fun question. Um, the beginning of Mimi Hayes, she actually was not a comedian. She was a high school teacher. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Crazy. Um, I keep wanting to talk in third person, but I'm just going to switch over to, to first person. Can we now. switch back? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, uh, I was a high school teacher in uh, Colorado. And the year was 2014. Um, I had just gotten out of college. I was all about being a teacher. None of that came, I mean, I did comedy in college. I did like improv, right? But I would, I was a teacher. Like that was my identity. I was a teacher. Um, so I went to go do that. And I got five days into it, literally five days in, first week of school. And I had a brain hemorrhage. Hmm. Yeah, so. Uh, not the uh, start I was expecting. Not ideal, no. Not ideal. No. <laughs> um, I was also on a blind date when I had this migraine that I didn't know was a brain hemorrhage. My date certainly didn't know. I was just like, this is not, there's not going to be a second date. I'm sorry. No, I no just, way. I don't feel <laughs> well. <laughs> you X that out quickly. <laughs> Um, but you know, I was, I was in this like super chaotic time of my life where I was like, I'm going to be a teacher. And also I'm going to just like schedule all these dates because I'm lonely because I had just gotten out of a big breakup a few months prior. So I really didn't know who I was, but what I wanted to be was a teacher. That's what I knew I wanted to be. And then, um, I had this crazy couple of weeks of, they didn't know what was wrong with me. They didn't know why I was dizzy and why my vision was getting blurry and why I couldn't, you know, walk. Um, and finally, my mom essentially just said, we're going to go to the ER and we're not going to leave until someone gives us what we want. Um, so big, big move uh, for the mama bear, big win. Big win. Uh, <laughs> she, 
And we sat there and she's like, we're not leaving. And we did get an MRI eventually. And um, that MRI did show us that I had had a brain hemorrhage. So, you know, I'd had a stroke and that, you know, that migraine was actually, you know, a tiny little clump of cells in my head. Yeah. Um, rupturing, you know, I think due to stress, due yeah. to, you know, probably sustaining a very high blood pressure for a very long time, you know, just not about it. Um, so once we had that diagnosis, it was like, oh, okay. <laughs> right. Um, crazy. Your life is going to be different now. Um, and so we didn't go straight to a brain surgery because they said, you know, we're not sure if that's something that we should do. You know, sometimes these things go away. Isn't that nice? Sometimes these things oh, just oh. go away. Yeah, and they ruled out the date. The, the date was not the issue. <laughs> we ruled that out. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> uh, you know, so they said, yeah, you know, just go home, like take it easy, like go on bed rest for like, you know, um, six weeks, see if it goes away. I'm like, okay, great. So I go back to my parents' place where I was living and uh, have to tell the kids, teacher has had a bit of a, a whoopsie doodle. Uh, she cannot whoopsie teach doodle. you. <laughs> she cannot teach you <laughs> right now. They were high schoolers, by the way. There's no oh, reason yeah. why I should have been saying whoopsie doodle, but I know, this is right? my personality. <laughs> okay. uh, so, um, so I'm off of teaching, I'm on the couch, um, ready to heal my brain, like taking walks around the block. Um, it's getting much worse, not better. Um, so it's, it's affecting my ability to walk. It's cutting off the communication to the left side of my body. So now I like, can't, can't really use my left hand. Um, walking is hard to do. Uh, my vision was double. So it was not getting better. It was not yeah. getting better. No, that much is clear. Um, and then when I couldn't taste, I couldn't taste anymore. Um, I thought, oh, well, that's, that's totally, that's normal. You know, like, that's fine. Said that out loud. And my sister's like, no, we're calling the people like, yeah. call in the cavalry. This is not right. You know, um, I'm not coping. I'm just like making jokes. And I'm like, I can't taste. It's fine. Feed me all the gross things. You yeah, know, like yeah. I was refusing to really understand any of those symptoms that were coming at me. And um, so went back and they said, oh, yep, it got bigger. We're going to go take it out uh, this week. So uh, just pencil that in, just quick little brain surgery mm -hmm. this week. Um, so I did that, did a brain surgery. And then there was a whole lot of recovery after and a whole a whole lot of story after too. So I'm not sure. Uh, what were we talking about? The beginning of Mimi Hayes? Yes, Mimi Hayes is forming. As her brain <laughs> is exploding, she's forming. Yeah. Um, I was kind of losing sight of that like teacher self. I and see. really where I think like Mimi Hayes as an entity came was after the uh, brain injury. And I had healed and I was back to teaching. Oddly enough, I went back to that for a couple of years. Um, but I started doing stand-up and I started doing comedy. And I was writing this book about all this crazy situation about my brain and trying to understand it. And um, 
where we really arrive is like, I couldn't navigate teaching and comedy and writing, you know, all in the same body. Like I couldn't do all that. I felt yeah. this great pull to really be myself and to really get on stage and talk about like these crazy things that really nobody was laughing at at first, um, yeah. except for me, but I got, I got better at it. You know, I got better yeah. at like raising the stakes, checking in on the audience. Are you guys okay? I hope you guys are like, okay, is this something I said? You know, like trying to check in with them because it's serious stuff. You know, it's not like I'm just up there, you know, talking about airplane food, you know, it's, uh, yeah, yeah it's harder stuff to talk about. So um, as I got more serious about the book and comedy, I moved to New York City and took it a lot more seriously. Um, got the book published, was doing clubs, um, did a one woman show, toured all over the business, um, did a lot. So that I feel like that's like, that's Mimi Hayes in her prime. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, Pre-pandemic, uh, but, um, you know, I think it was all a process of like me learning how to find the humor in what is absolutely not funny, but I yeah. needed to find funny so that I could survive. No, it makes a lot of sense. And I'm going to keep going backwards a little bit here. Uh, so yes, I'm sure you have many questions. <laughs> oh, there's, you know, it's the funny thing is I have no clue what I'm going to ask until the person starts talking. And then I'm like, all right, there's some points here we have to clarify for this please please do i think one of those uh I've, i love comedy I love watching comedy talking i've had several comedians on i just think it's an interesting art form a very vulnerable art form i think in many ways um but did you consider yourself funny growing up and how did mm. other people think did other people think you were funny mm. that's that's a really good question um i always thought i was like a theater kid like I'm, uh, I, someone told me this the other day and I was like, that's it. I give off heavy middle child energy. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so I'm like attention. Yes. Love it. Love, love it. it. Yes. Need it thrive. You know, just that's all me. Um, but I knew I was like kind of goofy. <clears throat> you know, I knew, I knew I was a little, sorry. This is like my throat. Oh, no worries. It's all good. Um, I knew I was kind of goofy as a kid. Um, but I always thought I was like, you know, going to be this like actor or like this, you know, performer person. Yeah. Um, and then when it came to the comedy, I thought what I was saying was funny because it was about me. Right. And I'm like, I think it's hilarious that I like, had never seen a catheter before. And then mm -hmm. I wake up from brain surgery and I'm like, what's, where's this tube go? Like, yeah. what the, what the hell is this? Right. <laughs> um, you know, I thought that was hilarious. They're like, she's coping. It's fine. Like, <laughs> she's coping. It's whatever. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. They're like, and I'm like, watch out for that bucket. Like I'm peeing in it. Like, you know, I was like, yeah. I was, I was just having a ball. I thought I was having just a party. Like the whole time I was sick, I was just like, I'm going to have a party with this. Um, so because of that, a lot of my friends didn't know I was sick, you know, cause yeah. I was like, and the Academy Award goes too, yes. uh, because I was so good at lying to them. Yeah. Um, I think as I started doing comedy, I got really scared of this content and how heavy it was. And so I stopped doing my brain bits. I stopped talking about my brain injury. I, be I became more, 
you know, I was doing teacher jokes and I'm a white lady jokes and, you know, <laughs> just, just things around me that were a little easier for other people to swallow. And then I was in New York and I was teaching a comedy writing class and it was like the level two of this class. And I was working with these these two guys and I was like, yeah, you just got to find like what's unique about you and what's special about you that only you can say. And they're like, uh, hey, Mimi, when's the last time you told a joke about your brain on stage? And I'm like, oh, touche. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, because it's true. I was, I was afraid. I was afraid that it wasn't funny. I was afraid that maybe I wasn't, you know, and the story wasn't itself. It was too hard for people. It was too shocking to whatever. Um, but then I thought, no, let's just double down, you know, like I'll find a way to make it funny. And, you know, honestly, the people that think it's the most funny that I was shocked at is other brain injury survivors. Mm. They're like, get her on Conan get her on all these they're like she's the comedy you know comedian of the Isn't year you know like <laughs> they they're just they love my jokes because they also they relate to them obviously um i don't expect i hope there's not a brain injured person in the crowd every night but you know like there could be that's that's you know the chances are there might be so um whether or not they're there though i want to tell a story that you know is different and maybe makes you think a bit more, you know, maybe there's not, it's not full of laughter, haha, but maybe there's a bit that kind of makes you think and question, mm. um, which I think is like, that's the art form. I don't need to make you laugh the entire time. I am not a monkey. Don't make me dance. You know, like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, come on clown. That's, like, yeah, exactly. It make, makes me think, well, man, I have a lot of things. Uh, let's see. So the first thing I was thinking was, what separates like greatness and comedy from just like kind of good comedians? Mm. And is that observable pretty quickly with someone? Um, I think it's just a timing thing. I think that like everybody starts out around the same territory, right? And you actually do see a lot of comedians when they first start emulating other comedians. Yeah, yeah. And doing these things that they see because they think that's what I'm supposed to do. And I did that too. You know, I like even my dad is like, you're so funny in person, but when you get on stage, it's just like a little different, you know? And uh, I'm like, that's uh, probably me like taking on a persona or not being fully myself, which I've been working to like, you know, peel that apart and to yeah. be the most authentic version of myself on stage. So I think we all kind of start in the same place. I think some people are better writers, which I think is going to get you a lot farther than if you're just like, I just tell funny jokes in the living room sometimes and I'm going to yeah. try it, you know, like, that's yeah. fine. Like, go yeah. ahead and do it. Like, try it. I'm not discouraging people from doing comedy, um, but it is a long slog. I've been doing this since 2015 and I'm still like, I have so much to learn. I have so many things I need to try and I need to like take these risks and, you know, I've been at it for a while. So um, I think it's just about time and how much time you're willing to put into it yeah. and how you're willing to grow and adapt, um, for yourself, you know, like I was still, and I started in Denver, you know, so when I go back to Denver, sometimes, um, I still see some of the same comedians I would see, they're still hustling, but they're still telling the same jokes that they did in 2015. And I'm like, you know, all right, like, 
Me, I take issue with that because I think you should always be trying to tell new jokes and trying to explore. And, you know, if you are telling that joke, I want it to be told in a totally different way than I heard it last time. But sometimes it's not. So it's like, I think it's just how much time you're willing to put into it if you really want to do it. Um, if you can find other jobs that afford you to yeah. keep pursuing it. Uh, I, I mean, I'm not someone who like needs to get on stage every night. Like I'll tell you that, like that, I don't think that makes you a good comedian. I mean, mm. I think it helps. I think like, yes, that there is certainly the hustle and the grind and you got to get on stage. Like you have to get on stage, but also like I take time to reflect and to write and to watch my sets again and think about how they could be done better and talk to people about the set and there's a lot of stuff that happens off stage that I don't think we talk about enough that I would like to see other comedians doing. And I think they are doing. Um, so, yeah. You know, it makes me also think about how the current state of comedy and uh, I'll say kind of culture and how people in some ways feel like some things may be more offensive in their mind. Um, mm -hmm. how has that changed comedy in your mindset? Like, do you feel like you have to be a little more censored with it or because I, I've seen like documentaries about comedians and stuff. I'm just like, it's hard sometimes now because everybody's always offended about everything you say. What are your thoughts about that? Right. I think that's never going to change. Um, I think now it's pretty heightened, but for me, I try to pay attention to the climate. <laughs> so my very last like New York club show was the week of the pandemic shutdown. Mm -hmm. It was a few days before everything went lights off. And um, I've been doing shows and stuff and I'd heard people talking about COVID and like, I was gonna do my like brain injury set. I was gonna do like, yeah, I had this big brain bleed and like, yeah, like. Of an iteration of what you've seen online. You know, mm. I was going to do something like that. And um, I was like, you know, the vibes are off. Like, <laughs> I don't think I want to tell this story tonight because it's pretty intense right now. And I don't think anyone wants to hear someone talk about how they almost died. Yeah. Mm, you know, so I switched it up that night and I talked about auditioning for The Bachelor. <laughs> just super light just yeah. mm, lovely just yeah. ridiculous and just there's no reason it's, it's everything's fine you know so I I decided to make that choice because I thought it was yeah it was too much um that being said I think our job as comedians is to push the cultural conversation forward so that's why you are seeing so many conversations coming out of, you know, Dave Chappelle and, mm -hmm. you know, all these things, because we are the ones bringing those things up um, and how we're talking about them can be stark. It can be shocking. It can be offensive. It can feel wrong. Um, I don't think you should be mean on stage. That's yeah. my, that's just my thing. I don't like to be mean. Um but even I do some risky stuff every once in a while just to see, oh, could I get away with that? Uh, it didn't feel right to me. 
I'm not going to do it. Something I don't do. I don't do uh, jokes about Alzheimer's. Okay. Because even though I'm someone who I I really feel like I'm going to get it, like with my brain, I feel like I'm I'm already like halfway there, but I know how serious it is. And I know how people like really feel for those people in their lives that have that disease. Yeah. And I don't have it. So I can't really, you know, um, so I'll make all the jokes I want about stroke, but I won't touch that one, you know? Um, right. I don't like to touch things I don't know about. That's my thing. But if, you know, I don't know, I think it's just part of like the culture is shifting and the people with the microphones, they're going to start saying some crazy stuff and we might like it. We might not like it. I think that's, that's on us to like have those conversations, you know, um, canceling. I don't really know about that. Like, I think there are some awful people that I hope never get on stage again. Yeah. Like I'll say that, but um, like they're going to, like, that's just yeah. the reality is like, they're going to, and they're going to push past that. And um, so I'm really interested in the comedians who are like doing out of the box things and yeah. maybe it does feel uncomfortable. Maybe it's a conversation that we've never had on stage before. We've never talked about X, Y, Z, you know, I'm really interested in, in what they're doing. Um so hopefully nobody like cancels us all and shuts shuts the mic off. <laughs> no way, man. <laughs> I tell you, a, a comedian I really love right now is Ronnie Chang. I love Ronnie oh, Chang. Oh, I saw That's him funny. live. He was so good. He's so funny. And he talks so much about Asian culture and his interpretation of different voices of different like Japanese versus Chinese, Korean. I mean, I was, I was crying. I was laughing so hard, but it makes me think also like you were saying like the people like who have had brain injuries, they think it's funny. I wonder what you think when somebody, there's often people who have never had any of this in their life, but they are offended by it. But the people who have experienced it like you are not offended by it. What's that disconnect there? Um, that is super interesting. You're right. And I think someone's always going to be offended at anything you say. I mean, it's always going to happen. The amount of negative comments on my Ted talk right now, I could write a whole book with all these negative comments. Um, and it's just, they're trolls. They're trolls. They're just trolls. Yeah, of course. (laughs) course. Um, but maybe the chances are too, that I said something that hit them in a place that they don't, they're not ready to have that conversation. Mm -hmm. And so me bringing it up and saying, Hey, it's fine to laugh at stuff, but you need to go to therapy. And them being like, uh, I'm so offended because I personally, and it's like, okay, fine. Like, (laughs) (laughs) okay. You know, I, I really think that there's always going to be someone because we all see the world in such different ways. Yeah. And there's no possible way you could tell a joke or say a thing that every single kind of person is going to be like, yep, that's it. Like, because we're all so different. Um, And even I felt like I was being kind of risque, even starting to tell some brain injury jokes, because you look at me, you don't know, you can't tell with other people. You can, you can tell they're in wheelchairs. They can't move half their body. You know, like they have a caregiver 24 seven. I don't have that. So I even felt a little like, am I allowed to say these things if I am so quote unquote normal looking, Mm -hmm. right? So I have my own complex about that. But then when I tried it out, I started doing it. I was like, no, they love me. It's fine. (laughs) Like they're happy. They're happy (laughs) for me. Yeah, they love me. They really love love me. me. 
<laughs> um, you know, they were happy that I was saying it because nobody else was. And so, you know, is there a chance that, yeah, someone could come for me and be like, um, I don't like your joke about using a handicap parking spot because you don't actually need one. <laughs> yeah, sure. Like, go, all right, we can have that conversation. Like, I'm happy to have that conversation. Um, actually, like me as a person, I am. Now, yeah. are other people? I don't know. Like, that's the thing is, I think um, when you start saying things that other people will hear, <laughs> um, you, uh, yeah, you run the risk of someone being offended or, you know, yeah, having their own thoughts and feelings about it, which they're yeah. going to. You know, you can't, that's not my responsibility. I can't control that. All I can do is control me. And then if they want to have a conversation with me, I'm happy to do that. Right. Yeah. I mean, you, it's like you can't shelter people from everything. I mean, it's things happen. Right. If you control your behavior around it and how you, I mean, you don't have to go to it. I mean, you don't have to watch it also. <laughs> you could all, I forget people like forget stuff like that. Like I'm 43 and I grew up in a time like without the internet and all this stuff. And it's like, if you didn't like something, you're like, oh, just turn it off. I uh, just, you know, watch something else. And I feel like we forget that that's an option, like for things. It's like, it's just strange. Like, well, I think people like that they, that because you can say anything all the yeah. time, right? Like I can watch something and be like, um, I didn't like that. And I need to voice that because yeah. that's my right. Like, okay. <laughs> In the like YouTube comments, that. really yeah. you troll. Okay. Yeah. I didn't like that. Yeah. I didn't like that. Um, this is not a this is not a comedy set. This is a TED talk, and I hate it. And I'm like, okay. I, you know, one thing about that is like, I don't know. This is maybe my own bias about it, but like, I've never like been so compelled to like write in the comments of something like be really like negative. Like, right. I don't know. Like, I'm always wondering, like, who are these people that are always like so into that? <laughs> like. Mm. Uh, yeah, that's a really good, I, yeah, I don't really feel that desire either. I feel, um, actually, I feel the opposite. I want to say something that's helpful, Yeah. you know, or if it's like a comedian who's like on a thread on Facebook and they're like struggling with something, I'm going to be like, hey, I know it's really hard. Like, feel free to hit me up yeah. or, you know, try this or, you know, like I feel the opposite, you know, desire is to say something helpful. Yeah. So I don't really know about those people. I hope they're going to therapy. I hope they're okay. I, hope so. I don't know. Like <laughs> nothing compels me to like, want to be like, yeah, I'm upset. Like, you know, like I need to write this out on this thing. It's like, yeah, I don't know. Just, just move on to another thing. I don't know. But I wanted to ask you, who's the funniest person you've ever met comedian or non-comedian? Mm. That's so hard because I've worked with so many funny people like people that I look at them and I laugh like not because they're like that sounds really messed up but they're just yeah. always silly yeah. there's just like silliest silliest people um so lots of people in the improv com community I just like love they make me laugh so hard yeah. um I really have always enjoyed Jim Gaffigan love Jim Gaffigan <laughs> and I did get to be on a show with him in New York, he yeah. uh, he like was the surprise headliner, and I was like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna die!" Like, <laughs> and he was really nice. He was so kind, and get this too. So um, he fell on stage that night. Like he ate. Really. Shit. He just two steps, 
boom, hit the floor. And uh, of course we were all like, oh my God, what's going on? And he like, he recovered. Like I've never seen any comedian recover this way. Like he just did a full hour and he was just like, I'm going to lean into it. And you know, you know he, that guy's a professional. He had a whole set prepared. Yeah. You know, but he's like, no, I'm going to talk about, I'm going to talk about that. That's so great. <laughs> well, you take so away the power good. of trolls when you do that. You're like, I'm going to talk about it, you know? Right. I'm going to get there first. And I mean, if anyone ever was like, um, it's so messed up. The gym like fell on stage. Uh, who hurt you? Like, <laughs> yeah, who hurt you? He's the nicest it's man. So nice. Um, so he's just amazing. And also I connect to him on another level because his wife had uh, brain cancer. Mm. And so, um, he like just stopped touring, stopped doing everything to take care of her, um, be her caregiver. And, um, you know, just the amount of love and care that I saw him giving towards her. I was like, I'm going to bring my book and I'm going to sign one for him. And I'm going to see if he'll, he'll take it. Um, because I felt like it was a really nice connection. I said, this is for you and your wife. And she had been, she had started writing a book, but she hadn't published it yet about her experience. Yeah. Um, so I was like, Hey Jim, I just kind of like, we all kind of like rushed off the stage when he got off and I was just like, Hey Jim, like just really, I uh, want to give you my book. Um, I know you were a great caregiver. I was like speaking a mile a minute, just like yeah. this, like, Whoa. and he just looks at the cover and he's like, huh. And it's, I'll be a, I'll be okay. It's just a hole in my head. Yeah. And he goes, do you have a hole in your head? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, that's funny. And then he took it. He said, thank you. And then he walked away into the streets of New York. And I was like, yes. oh, he's amazing. <laughs> he really is amazing. He, has he really the, is. He's so funny. Like just how he makes fun of himself and his weight and all this stuff. And like, I think one of his funniest jokes ever. I've watched every standup he's ever done. Was when he's like, you know, he has five kids. He's like, five, having five kids is like, imagine you're drowning and someone hands you a baby. <laughs> he's yeah, like, that's what yeah, it's like. Yeah. <laughs> it's so he's just so hilarious, you know. But I have to wonder, like, what other comedians think is funny to them and who they think is funny, you know. I think that's a good question. I think we all like have our own like, um, you know, people that we aspire to be. Yeah. Which I think could be just as uh dangerous if you're like I love like the amount of I'm sorry like male comedians I've seen trying to emulate Mitch Hedberg yeah I'm like yeah that's right stop (laughs) (laughs) like you're not him but it's it's like I'm gonna do all the pauses and the pauses yeah and the just the jokes that don't relate to each only one person did that he did that already you know like find your own thing essentially yeah um so yeah i think everyone's got their own like comedians that they like they love and aspire in terms of like what's funny it's actually i don't laugh a lot Mm. like if i really think something is funny i'll actually hiss i'll be like it's like it's very creepy (laughs) what is that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I don't know. just like it's very strange i'll like if someone's hissing in the audience you know it's good like that's me hissing yeah, at the joke yeah. wow that's different <laughs> um so i don't i don't like laugh a ton um and it, maybe it's just because I'm, I'm around it so much and i'm thinking about a lot and i'm processing a lot but um yeah 
but also as a person when I'm not doing, I'm, I'm laughing all the time. I'm a, I'm a yeah. giggly right. personality. So why don't I laugh in the audience? I don't know. <laughs> There's I some reflection happening. Here. Yeah. <laughs> There's some deep reflection. I'm an maybe. artist. I'm an artist. I'm an artist here. Okay. <laughs> I can't explain my art to you. <laughs> like, to you, peasant. No. <laughs> I mean, I have met some incredibly funny people in my life who are not comedians. Like, and they just oozed funniness. Like, I remember when I was in high school, my brother had a friend who I just thought was the funniest person on the planet. And he was not trying. He just mm-hmm. was like, he would tell jokes. You ever met somebody who told jokes, but they weren't trying to tell jokes? It was just commentary on other people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it was like, just it's just funny. Like that, that I always find really funny when someone's not trying to tell jokes, but just how they explain situations are hilarious for it. Yeah, I think that's also been how I've grown as a comedian. It's like trying not as hard. Yeah. You know, because when you get out there, you want to try really hard. You want to be really funny. You know, you want to hit the punchline. Isn't that the job? That's the job. (laughs) Well, yeah, it's the job. On some level, I mean, you know. Yeah. Um, But I think the less less hard I try on stage now, the funnier I am, which is nice because I had a big hang up over like if I was going to forget my, I used to be really scripted, like really, really like. I memorized every single line on my little notebook page to the point where like a blind comedian in Denver was like, I don't mean to be disrespectful, but are you reading your like lines (laughs) off the script? That's how it sounds. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, you're right. That's bad. Like that makes, I'm, I sound too, I'm too like polished, you know? Yeah. So then as I started doing more of like the, the brain stuff, I would let myself, be brain injured on stage, yeah. which is great. You know, like I would forget a word and I'd be like, I don't know what that word is. You guys, yeah. I was going to say it. Don't know it. You know, like, yeah. and people actually liked that more of that honesty of just being myself and being, or like anytime, oh my God, anytime I have a problem with the microphone or if I'm like stumbling, I look drunk. I'm like, don't worry. <laughs> I'm just impaired like yeah. it's fine I'm not, drunk. Um, I'm not drunk um so I think that like freeing myself up to just like yeah just being myself and being the goofy self that I always have been has made me a better comedian than when I'm yeah. like I'm gonna be a comedian I gotta try really <laughs> hard <comedian. laughs> oh my goodness uh see I just forgot what I was gonna say see it and I didn't have a fantastic brain injury. fantastic least, I don't think I have <laughs> <laughs> you never know <laughs> never know here see I'm, just, I'm trying to sound like a kappa <laughs> like, gumshoe gumshoe here um <laughs> do you ever talk about you mentioned earlier about dating do you ever talk, bring dating into your comedy yeah yeah absolutely dating's weird um <laughs> like, dating's the worst it is the worst <laughs> there's a song um, that came now i'm not in the dating i've been married like almost 18 years which is which oh is great, hey. but I, I have a lot of friends who are single and I've had a lot of dating app developers on here. And oh. I just find the whole world to be very crazy. The dating scene. It is insanity. It yes. is. It's an, it's an, and that is its own source of content for me. Um, and at some point I'm just like, 
can my life stop being content? Can it stop? Like it needs <laughs> to stop, stop being, being content. <laughs> well, that's good content. Maybe you should really write that down. That's really funny. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. how about I just not be alone? Like how about like someone <laughs> like love me? Like we could do that instead. <laughs> I don't want to be alone. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's really relatable. Um, it's really terrible. Uh, most of my friends are married with kids. Um, and so it's, something that yeah I think is still a very fun thing for me to talk about um in like the with the lens of my brain injury too yeah you know because yeah. that is that is a fun unique like take on it and for me I'm like when do I tell the di- the guy that I'm dating like that my head exploded do I say date date one do I wait like do I like sprinkle it in a little mystery obviously yeah. they could google me so it's maybe not that hard to find out this That's information true. but you know, like that's a conversation I have with myself is when do I have this vulnerable conversation with a guy that means a lot to me that is also part of my work that needs to happen. But it's like, when is that going to, are you ready for that? Are you ready right. for that conversation? <laughs> <laughs> All right. We got to know. I have to know. What's the worst date you've been on? Ah, um, God, there's so many. Really? Oh, there's so many. That and many? actually, yes. <laughs> and the worst was not the one where my head exploded. Actually, that was pretty lukewarm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, what happened after? Obviously crazy, but um, does it have to be like a singular date or can no, it be like no. an experience? Let's just say experience. Yeah. Okay, fine. I'm going to air this out. Oh, just do it. Right. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So very recently, not very recently. Okay. August. I was um, performing in Portland and I had a couple gigs lined up. One of those was a comedy show. I found a bunch of other like local comedians and then I headlined it. And um, uh, in the audience, I had, uh, I won't call him a heckler, but he did start talking. You know, I said something about, it was after my, I'd given the whole bit about like, you know, I have some PTSD, some post-Todd stress disorder because of the brain situation, um, <laughs> you know, and uh, I said, you know, I'm, at a, I'm expecting a proposal any day now, which is just a joke because I'm not because that's crazy. And then he was like, oh, and then I was like, oh, and then I kind of like went to the crowd and I was like, are you trying to propose to me right now, sir? Uh, (laughs) and then this whole, we kind of had it back and forth on stage. And then, um, I was like, oh, clocked that he's kind of cute. Okay. Moving on. And then I went back to the back of the area to go sell my books. And, um, he showed up and he was like, hello, you are very funny. And I was like, Hmm, say more. (laughs) Yes, please. And, um, he bought my book. And uh, I like flirted with him in the inscription, which he didn't even read until the next day, which is just Mm. whatever. Uh. Um, But hung out with him that night at the bar. I was like, he's really cute. He had a friend hanging around. So I was like, man, I wish his friend would go take a hike. Yeah. You know, I really want to just, just bundle him up and take him back to my hotel room. That's right. (laughs) that did not happen (laughs) um but uh you know we exchanged numbers and we were talking and um, I finished out the weekend with some other gigs and um we're talking long distance now he lived in Washington 
and it was random that he was even at my comedy show i was like how did you hear about this why are you here this doesn't make any sense um so we are talking talking turns into you know uh phone calls and video and like he's he's like all about it he's like i'm all about this and he's like reading my book and he's like highlighting it he's like this woman is amazing and he's like saying all the right things because when you talk about like when you talk to me on that level i'm like yeah oh my god like that's crazy you know um so all this is happening he's kind of like courting me i guess long distance and it's happening like through the book and all this stuff and phone calls and it's very intimate and he's like i have to come see you i have to come see you when, when can I come see you in Colorado? And I'm like, I don't know, man, kind of busy. You know, I got like a TED talk coming up. I'm going to be in Iceland for a month performing. Um, I, I'm going to be off Broadway. Like, I don't really know. There's a lot going on this fall. And uh, he's like, great. I'll come in two weeks. I'll come like for uh, Labor Day weekend. Yeah. I was like, oh shit, this guy's serious. Yeah. This guy is, this guy is, that was his idea. Yeah. <laughs> He wanted some Mimi time. <laughs> he wanted some Mimi time, yeah. Um, so I'm like, well, fine, like, all right. And uh, so I helped him like pick out an Airbnb. And I told my parents, I was like, this guy is like, because I was living with my parents, yeah, right, during the pandemic. And uh, I was like, this guy is very serious. He's coming to Colorado. And um, I was borrowing my mom's Tahoe. It's like this super like mom right (laughs) it's like the biggest most ridiculous ugly car she's like okay just borrow the tahoe that's fine she was like i don't want to see you all weekend if i see you it means something has gone wrong yes and i was like oh janet (laughs) uh so i went and stayed with him at the airbnb and it was magical it was amazing it was like a love fest it was like this is a this is a person that I like manifested like with my comedy, with my personality. (laughs) Like I was so impressed at my ability to like have someone not just be like, Oh, she's cool. I'm going to follow her on Instagram. But I was like, no, I have to come to you. I need to be with you. Yes. So I was like, wow, this is great. And the whole weekend I was just like, Oh my God, I'm, I'm in love with this guy. Like this is crazy. Um, um, on the way out oh he met my parents yeah he just wow. met them like he he wanted to he was like i want to meet them part of me thinks that was probably because of the book because he was reading about them and so i think that he was also like these are really interesting people so he wanted to meet them but to me i'm going all right this guy likes me a lot like oh boy um i do not just bring people to my parents that it's not something that i do yeah um so he met my parents. Uh, he bought my mom flowers. Again, his idea. He's like, I gotta, I want to buy your mom flowers. Can we stop by? I'm like, great, great, great. You are telling me in so many ways that you love me. Mm. <laughs> is the shoe about to drop? Yes, it is. Yes, the shoe is about to drop. Sadly, it is. Okay. Um, he went back to Washington. And, you know, I give it a couple days. I'm like, you know, this was amazing. I'm just going to let him like settle back into work and then we'll have a phone call. And I want to like debrief. Like that was, that was amazing. That was the best weekend ever. That was so great. Like, when can we do that again? When can I come to you? 
what can I do? You know, I was just like all about like next steps. And he's like, well, I don't, I don't actually want to be in a relationship. Wow. Yeah. Damn. I was like, damn, you could have fooled damn. me. You could have, wow. you did fool me. Jokes on me. I thought that is exactly what you wanted. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, well, that's news. Um, and so I was like, damn, you know, like that, that one really stung. That one really, really hurt. And my mom my, and my parents were involved. They were like, yeah. what happened? I'm like, I don't know. Like, I thought everything was going swimmingly, but apparently he didn't want to, uh, he didn't want to do a relationship. And, wow. you know, that, that got missed, you know, along yeah. the way. So that one hurt really bad that does hurt i'm sorry <laughs> that happened to you wow Jeez. oh and he's in a relationship now and that was like six months ago so jeez, man great you know what maybe he got he's to the end of you. the book and he was like eh. <laughs> the book's actually not that great i don't he's even like, know eh. why i went out there to see her <laughs> highlighting it he was like yeah i think we're done here i don't know <laughs> <It was> like... <laughs> that's cold yeah oh, that's i don't cold. know how crazy people think i don't know <laughs> like, you're right i think it was a little ludicrous and i did tell yeah. him i was like the flowers was over the top like a little over the top yeah you don't no. buy my mom flowers unless you're no no nobody me. buys That's... mama flowers unless you can nobody see buys mama flowers nobody, and right. nobody puts baby in the corner either That's right, not gonna right. happen. no you don't do yeah. that no way wow yeah so that was that i don't know if there's jokes around that quite yet because it's still like very recent for me but yeah um of course of course I've written about it. Of course. Of course. Um, so yeah, wow. that was, that was one that really stung quite a bit because I was like, I thought I was, I thought that this was this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, sometimes people just like, don't want to communicate that they don't like, for me, I'm like, maybe he was just like, oh, I wonder if I could get that. You know? Yeah. You no, know, like, I don't know when you see someone on stage and they're like performing it's i mean yeah. i'm i'm so far from a celebrity it's not even sure. funny but like i was on stage and i had a microphone yeah. and maybe he was like i whoa could i get that, could I she, do that? you know and it's yeah. like you got it you did it like yeah. it worked pretty hard too, <laughs> now what strange I'm like, <laughs> yeah i'm like really all that money and all that flying and all that wow that. yeah okay. okay well you know people are weird and you know it yeah. happens yeah um, it does i gotta tell you mimi this has been really enjoyable. And uh, I've talked to a lot of comedians. Listen, they're all really nice and stuff. I often find that they're very different doing this than when they're on stage. Oh, really? And honestly, maybe not as interesting. Honestly, seriously, not as interesting. I listened to your comedy and talking to you, very similar, very similar. Very interesting on stage and very oh, interesting in real life. I almost misunderstood about your I mean, can you get like with the program, please? <laughs> <laughs> like how I about was like you i am not interested got it okay can you follow please are <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, you what my you complaining comedy is similar to my your comedy is similar to you is refreshing okay no, let me simplify this okay here all right you're funny on stage and you seem like a funny delightful person in person <laughs> as well we're putting these together okay <laughs> like i have a brain injury leave me alone i don't often find that to be the case is what I'm saying completely. <laughs> like, I actually really agree with you. Yeah. yeah people can be mad different. Yeah. yeah. And I actually don't like that. I want so I actually, cause it's weird. It's like, 
I understand you're, you're it's, it's almost like you're doing this thing. It's a show, but also like, I mean, you're funny. Can you kind of be funny in person a little bit, a little bit, you know? right? like a little bit, like sometimes it's like zero. I'm like, wait a minute. What is going on here? <laughs> I know? see that with actors. Now that I live in LA, like yeah. I see that with actors, they're like very serious people. So I'm like, what? <laughs> it's, it's a turnoff, honestly. It's like, uh, I don't know. Like, I mean, anytime oh, you're playing yeah. someone else, it's kind of weird. I mean, you're literally playing someone. That's your job is to not be yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's kind of weird. I don't know. You yeah. Know? So anyways, uh, what a pleasure speaking with you. Tell all the wonderful folks how they could listen to your comedy, watch your comedy, you know, the whole spiel. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, so my website that I barely maintain is called okay. MimiHayes.com. Um, you can find me on all of the social medias at Mimi Hayes Brain. Um, you can find my TED Talk. Um, if you type in laughter is not the best medicine, it will pop right up. Do not read the comments. There are many trolls or you can find the trolls. Maybe you could find the trolls for me. That'd be fine. Um, you can find my podcast, uh, Mimi and the brain on all of the things. Uh, my book, my book, how did, how did I forget about that? Uh, I wrote a book. It's called I'll be okay. It's just a hole in my head. Uh, it is still circulating on Amazon, but I prefer it if you bought it through me since I have the rest of the inventory of the nice books and there I could uh, sign you a copy, send it your way. You can order those on MimiHayes.com. And if you're looking to date Mimi, uh, hey! you, you might, your story may get told on my podcast. It may happen. Just so you know. So be nice to her. Come so on. be nice. Come on. Oh, come on. She's a very nice person. <laughs> Relax, people. <laughs> Thank you so much. This Mimi was Hayes. So much fun. Yes, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for being in touch. Thank you. Drew and Jonathan Scott here to tell you that American Family Insurance wants to protect your dreams. So whether you're at home singing in the shower. Every note. Or prefer singing your heart out in the car like Drew. Cruising. You can save up to 23% when you bundle your home and auto insurance with American Family Insurance. Get a quote or find an agent at AmFam.com. Insure carefully, dream fearlessly. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.